0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: All right, guys, welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit, where we've been deep in our Wisdom Field Warrior series. We're going to continue today with, uh, I believe it's part 33. Uh, If my count is right, um, it's hard to believe that uh, one concept and what the Lord dropped in my heart on this book Wisdom Filled Warriors and the concept of war um could produce and sprout so many different elements of the warfare. But at the end of the day, um we're in a war, right? We've we've got this revelation that we've got uh We've got Jesus fighting for us and an enemy fighting against us. And if if uh, any form or so-called, I'll put it quote unquote, Christians believe that uh, you can be a Christian without a revelation of war, then you've been deceived, and more more than more likely you're you're probably a victim rather than one who's gaining ground and having victory and casting out devils, healing the sick, and raising the dead, and doing the supernatural works of Jesus Christ. But um, something I want to continue on today. Um, I've had some good questions on uh, the concept of eunuchs, and and you know I threw a lot of stuff at you last week, a lot of symbols and uh, aspects of um, trying to understand the picture of the kingdom that Jesus is trying to paint for us, and and so I'm going to review some of that stuff and and uh, get into. Some of the examples of testifying some of the examples of literally reproducing and releasing the the uh, the uh, what what did we call it last time the sperma right the 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 true testimony of Jesus Christ we called um, the definition the Greek word for the word testimony um, is actually the word sperma meaning the only thing that has the power to uh, cause the egg right to to give birth. And, and I mean, the, the symbolism there is that your heart is the egg. It has the potential. Um, and the only thing that can cause it to come to life is the word of the Lord, the vision of God, right? The sperma, um, the Greek, the Greek word for sperma, actually, uh, the full expansion of it is what the Lord is saying. Now, what the Lord is saying today, if I'm standing in front of somebody and I'm regurgitating scripture to them, um, that doesn't mean well let me put it this way the scripture itself has the potential of being powerful but the only thing that makes it applicable and and specifically to the person that can give life in the moment is the holy spirit and you can you can read a lot of scripture and nothing happen but if the lord says hey tell this guy john uh 611 and you go over and say i don't know what this means and you but but this is what the lord told me to speak to you and you say hey the lord told me to speak the scripture to you it applies to you in this moment and the guy all of a sudden says oh my gosh i'm dealing with that exact situation that's a rhema word from the lord that uses scripture and other times when the lord gives me a vision and a dream for a person um and I speak to them about a current state in their life, a word of knowledge, or I say, this is what's going to happen to you. That is real-time wisdom and revelation being revealed to me to speak to the person. And, and you know, something changes, something happens in their life, something shifts. That is what Jesus meant when he talked about... Um, in in uh, Revelation 19.10, we've been talking about this, right? The, the, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, meaning that Jesus is prophetic, meaning that Jesus speaks today. It's not words he uh, spoke in years past. It's what he is saying today that actually impregnates the heart of man. It is the sperma of God that breaks through the wall, right? It only takes one sperm to impregnate a, a, an egg to impregnate uh, a woman, and that's the same thing with the heart. When I prophesy to a person, people say, "I never felt that before." Oh my gosh, I feel God now. Why I couldn't now, I couldn't then, but I do now, and that's because the sperma of God, the prophet, the prophetic voice, which is all the all of the abilities of the Holy Spirit, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when you speak them or use them. Um, you're actually imparting the sperma of the Lord to impregnate the heart of the people. And that's the analogy that Jesus, when he uses, when, when the Holy Spirit is using the word testimony of Jesus, he's actually saying that Jesus in covenant with you right now, you're in covenant with Jesus and an outward sign of a person in covenant is, is uh, we, we talked about this last time, the outward sign is circumcision, Right? on the male genitals. Why? Because it carries the sperma. It carries what can reproduce in the kingdom. And so the symbolism is that Jesus is with you. He's marked you, right? The book of Ephesians says that the Holy Ghost has marked you, right? And that circumcision is of the heart in the the New Testament, in the new covenant, you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, meaning that your heart's been circumcised by the Holy Ghost. You have been marked. You function differently than a than a spiritually dead guy, than a than a guy who's been sitting in a dead theological theological church, never prophesied over over anybody, never cast out a devil, never laid hands on anybody, never never quote unquote testified of Jesus. That, that's a dead person. I don't care if they call themselves a Christian, and I'm not being mean, but if you realize you need to repent and you've been duped all your life, you've been faked out by false Christianity, you know, false theology that renders people powerless and unable to reproduce, that's a lie. You need to repent. You need the real Jesus, right? America is littered with dead, powerless, quote unquote, Christianity. And Jesus uses this, the analogy of the male reproductive organ as the place where he put his mark, his sign, his circumcision. And he says in the new covenant, I will circumcise everybody, male and female in the heart. And the evidence of it is the outward sign of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost of you going into the world and prophesying over people, laying hands on them and seeing them baptized in the Holy Ghost, literally imparting the kingdom of heaven and casting out devils and doing all the supernatural stuff. Why? Because Jesus, who's walking with you, is the one doing it. He gives you visions. He gives you supernatural impartation and ability to actually go do it right? That's the evidence of you being alive in Christ. And so, you know, this is no, this is not a small thing, guys. Am I saying you need baptized in the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I'm actually telling you right now that if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, if you're not having visions and dreams, and you're not doing the supernatural, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know how you're doing it, because there's only one thing Jesus gave, and that is the Holy Ghost. He gave us one thing. He told the disciples, the, the, the uh, 120 in the upper room, do not leave the city. Do not try to do it. Don't try to go do it on your own. It's impossible. You'll be fake, just like those Sadducees and Pharisees who knew the scripture, but they didn't know me, the living God and the Holy Ghost right? He says, stay in this city. I'm sending you one thing, and that is the mark, the Holy Ghost. He will mark you. He will circumcise you. The Holy Ghost will be with you all the days of your life. You will see his vision. You will have his dreams, see his visions, and from his voice, his vision and dream, you will testify of me, right? That's, that's, the, that's the living Christ, and this is no small thing, guys. You know, Paul Paul actually says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, beware of powerless men. Beware of powerless men who come and tickle your ears. They take advantage of the widows. They take advantage of people. They bring them in. They bring them in the quote unquote house of God and, and condemn them if they don't put money in the plate and just all kind of false theology and twisted stuff, right? And And at the end of the day, power... Is the evidence of Christ with you test? There's a testimony. There is sperma coming out of your mouth because you are speaking the vision of the Lord to the people that he sent you to. Amen. Are you with me? And in the analogy um, in the new covenant, you know, we talked last time about Jezebel's table versus the table of Christ. You know, the table of Christ has wine and bread, right? What is the wine? The wine is the baptism of the Holy Spirit being immersed in the kingdom of God. No longer are you earthbound, but now you are spirit bound. You are you are alive in the spirit of God. Amen. And the bread is Jesus Christ, the living word, right? Jesus in John six, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the supernatural. I am the one who speaks today in this moment right? A lot of people, because they don't have a relationship with the living Jesus and can't hear his voice, they rely simply on scripture and think that they're alive because of the scripture they know. And if you've hung around me at all, you've heard me tell and teach uh, time after time about John five. And Jesus looked at the Pharisee and said, you search the scripture thinking there's life in it, but you can't see me, the living Christ in front of you, right? He distinguished himself from Scripture. John chapter 5, verse 38, 39, and 40. It should be a life changer for you. It should be, oh my God, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. All this lie, all this false theology of just come to church, just be good. We'll help you stay as you are, da, da, da. Those are all lies. You need the Holy Ghost. You absolutely need the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need to get it. You need to hunt it down, right? That's Jesus's table. Why? Because the bread is a symbol of Jesus, the word in heaven, speaking to you today. Jesus is known, right? In, in, Revel- in continuing in, in Revelation 19, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. It then says he's mounted on a white horse. He has eyes burning of fire, right? Um, a robe dipped in blood. And on his leg is written his name, the word of God. Jesus, the living Christ in heaven today is the word of God. He speaks to you and I today from the place of the throne of heaven. Okay, he rules from that place. So if you get his vision, if you hear what he's saying, you rule. That's how you get dominion. That's how you testify of the one who dominates demons. That's the one how you the one who dominates people that need healing, the one who dominates right? Bad situations. And you interject the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords into every situation you walk in in life. And that is the testimony of Christ. Power. Power is the evidence that the testimony of Jesus. Paul said, beware of powerless men. Second Timothy chapter three, you should read it in context. Beware of powerless men. Why? Because they take advantage of you they tickle your ears they they put this this package together they put a white cross on it and you think that because it's a big denomination and and you know they wouldn't steer me wrong oh really let me tell you this if they haven't presented you a simplified Version of Jesus died for your sins, and He sent you the Holy Spirit that you could talk to Him right now, that you would be washed uh, free of your sin, and that you could walk right now in the power of the Holy Ghost. And you're actually expected in the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go into the world, preach the gospel. Right, Mark 16, verse 15: These signs will follow those that believe in My name. You will cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. You will do the supernatural. You will prophesy. You will have words of knowledge, wisdom tongues and, and interpretation of tongues, right? Jesus' table is supernatural. That's why David said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's circumcised in the Holy Ghost. He's baptized in power, guys. He's baptized in the supernatural. There's nothing that can overpower him. There's no giant that can take him down. There's nothing like Saul or anybody else that can hunt him, that can over overthrow him. Why? Because the power of the Holy Ghost. He sits at the table of Jesus Christ. He drinks of the Holy Ghost. And he eats the bread, the voice of God, and nothing, nothing, nothing can overpower him. Nothing shall by any means hurt him, right? That's Christ. That is your testimony. That is the victorious mentality. And Jesus specifically confronts the concept of eunuchs in the church. Okay, a false representation of him because there's no such thing as a eunuch. There's no such thing as a eunuch in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus actually comes across in a very infuriated manner when he's talking about Jezebel, right? In in Revelation chapter two, um, he says this, I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel. Why? Because you know why? Jezebel had a table too. Jezebel's table had two people, eunuchs and false prophets. And I'm not going to address false prophets today um, and in specifically what we've been addressing. We've been addressing eunuchs. Why? Because a eunuch is somebody who cannot reproduce. They've been castrated. Okay. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Okay. Okay. I'm not talking about any physical problem or issue with a reproductive system. Let's just get that out of the way. What I am talking about is the metaphor, the the analogy that Jesus is using when he says, I have this against you, uh, that you tolerate Jezebel, powerlessness, an inability to reproduce. Right. So a eunuch cannot reproduce in the spirit. Jesus is when he's referencing Jezebel in the New Testament. It's the context of the spirit making you a eunuch, meaning that all of these false theologies that you believe that you get to heaven by doing good works. You get to heaven by putting money in an offering plate. You get to heaven by church attendance. You get to heaven by just being part of a church. Those are all lies. Those are all absolute lies, and the reality is, all of those, without being in the power of the Holy Ghost, are eunuchs. Okay, and Jesus, uh, Jesus is confronting this lie in this hour by awakening people to the war that you're in and realizing that you need baptized in the Holy Ghost because you're in a war, and that if you are a eunuch. You're you're a powerless victim being taken advantage of by a whole bunch of false demonic theology and lies. And the reality is um, Jesus literally is saying, I, I have this against you that you tolerate her. You tolerate the concept that you that literally fights against you being baptized in the Holy Ghost and hearing God on your own. You see, the whole the goal of an apostolic church. There's a lot of guys that call themselves apostles and prophets, and 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 there's theology based on what they're doing that is actually false. They're false apostles. They're false prophets. Why? Because if if in the new in the new covenant, it actually says that the church is to be built upon the revelation of the apostles and the prophets what's that mean it means that apostles and prophets are given a unique ability to hear the lord in a very expanded manner and they're actually the platform by which you guys everybody hearing me is empowered to actually hear the voice of the lord and baptize people in the holy ghost okay when when um When the disciples were baptized in the Holy Ghost and uh, in Acts chapter eight, um, Stephen goes down into Samaria and other parts and he finds people. He tells them about Jesus. Right. And um, once he tells them about Jesus, he then sends for the apostles. Right. He sends for Peter to come down, lay hands on them. Read it. It's Acts chapter 8. It said when Peter got down, it says he laid his hands on them. They prayed in tongues. The supernatural, the same thing that happened on Pentecost, happened to the people. Okay? So we have another description of what it means to be imparting power to the people that's what apostles and prophets are to do they are to be the platform that actually imparts the power of the holy ghost upon people equipping the army of the lord that you yourself hear god for yourself every person is to be equipped in the gifts of the spirit okay and that, I mean, when I go to places, the Lord sends me, I've, I've told you these stories and, and everything I'm telling you is an apostolic anointing to go and lay hands on people, see mass numbers of people baptized in the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues and do the supernatural. OK, that's what I do. I spent I, I work with people for a season and I go on to the next place. OK, and I'm going to tell you some stories of that and how how that works um, in, in a lot of cases here in a little bit but my point is you've got to ask yourself a question are you in an apostolic place where you're being equipped in the holy ghost um, and empowered to hear the voice of the lord and expected to minister to people um if you're not we've got it i mean there's got to be a revelation of what true apostolic anointing is okay and at the end of the day the church is not a place where people simply come together and talk and talk about life. A church is an army, meaning a church hears together what the Lord is saying. They recognize the call of God on that church. Right. And the leaders with the church begin to move the church on the calling of the church. OK, if, if, if there's a certain church that is, you know, focused on, um, you know, the restoration of alcoholics and drug people and drug addiction, then that group of people knows that they're part of it. And the Lord has pulled them together and they all hear with how to focus, who to focus on, how to expand the ministry of dealing with certain types of drugs or, you know, recovery or may they, maybe they need additional housing and how to minister to the people when they get them in the housing. But there's action. OK, a true apostolic anointing is going to lead the body in the action of what the Lord is speaking to them on. That's that's the call of God. That's that's an organized apostolic mission to invade places. OK. And so you know, I'm throwing a lot at you guys, but the, these analogies the Lord uses with eunuchs versus reproduction and why his word is called a sperma, right? Why, why his, his prophetic words, visions, and dreams are the sperma of God that reproduces is because you're all supposed to be centered on hearing him. If you're not hearing him, you've been duped. You've been tricked. You've been lied to. You've been taken advantage of. Just come to church. Just go through the motions. There's a, there's a lot of denominations. You come in. You hear you hear a guy. You hear a priest. You hear a guy say fifteen minutes of stuff. You stand up, sit down, say ten Hail Marys. It's first and last stanza of the song. Out the door you go, and you met the quota of the day for for your religious, um, you know, you whatever you call it. That's not that's not the apostolic calling that's upon the body and upon the church. You are called to be the army. You are. There's no place for a eunuch. OK, there is no place. If, if there's eunuchs among you, you should hunt them down, lay hands on people, get them baptized in the Holy Ghost, get them praying in tongues, get them have, seeing visions and dreams. Right. And launching them with you into the apostolic call that's upon the body, upon the, upon the church, Amen. And that gets us to a couple points here. I want to make about the simple revelation of this war between um, Jezebel and the prophetic anointing. And when I say prophetic anointing, I mean I'm, when when Jesus says that this, the the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Prophecy is the ultimate. Um, intent of the equipping of the Holy Spirit okay why prophecy because in the day of Pentecost it says that when they were baptized in the Holy Ghost they prayed in tongues and they prophesied in first Corinthians chapter 14 when it talks about Paul is talking about what the church should be built upon Um, verse number one says pursue love desire spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy right Verse five, he says, I wish you all would would pray in tongues even more that you prophesy. Why? Because as he goes down and explains the the aspects of tongues, when they're to be used and ultimately that you would prophesy is because in verse 23, 24, and 25, Paul's explaining that when new people come in the door, right, the prophetic people get visions, right? discernment for the people that are coming in and they actually read the issues of their heart. They read their mail. They read their situation and they say, you're this. But the Lord says, you're that right. You're this. But the Lord says, you're that you did this, but the Lord is taking you out and giving you this. He's breaking this chain off of you. He's going to heal you with this. That is the that is the true prophetic anointing working under the apostolic calling to actually flow in prophecy as a mainstream function in the body of Christ to bring deliverance and healing, to set the captive free, heal the brokenhearted, release a spiritual awakening, and the equipping of the Holy Ghost upon people. Okay. It's a mainstay. It's foundational in the church. And the, why, the reason I'm so passionate about this is I've been in hundreds, hundreds, okay? And the majority of them don't have the prophetic anointing and the, gift of, the gifts of the Spirit as the central theme of Jesus Christ, releasing the power of God on earth, okay? You should be in revival every day of your life. You should hear the voice of God every day of your life. Every day I wake up, I can't wait for what the Lord is going to say to me next. He revives me into my next mission, my next place, my next place of calling, the next group of people that I'm going to be working with. He points them to me, right? That's where my life comes. He drops sperma in my heart and he creates new things in my heart because of what he's saying to me. And the church is to reflect hearing the voice. Not just one guy, the whole church growing together and hearing. okay. and this hearing of the voice of God is a central theme of this war between Elijah and Jezebel. Right. We talked last time about Elijah slaying the false prophets. And then Ahab told Jezebel and uh, Jezebel in First Kings 19 uh, sends a messenger and and threatens him, releases a fear anointing. And let me tell you guys, um, there is such thing as a demonic anointing, a demonic presence, a demonic attack against you. OK, and when when, uh, you know, Elijah does this great thing in first in Kings 18, he calls down fire. He humiliates the eight hundred and fifty false prophets. OK, he slays them at the brook at, at the river. And then Jezebel, she puts her eyes on Elijah and she releases her fury on Elisha, okay? Let me tell you, I don't care how big of the feats you you have accomplished in the Spirit. I don't care how long you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. There will come a day when something bigger than you comes to attack you, comes to um, ridicule you, comes to take advantage of you. When I go into other nations, other cities, and, you know, there are things that that happen days and weeks before I get there, forms of intimidation that the enemy uses. And the only reason that I can deal with them now is because the Lord's voice took me out of my first cave. Okay, are you getting this? The voice of God, just like Elijah, we talked last time, that Elijah Heard fear and intimidation come at him. It was so powerful. It was the it was the principality over Israel at the moment. It came to Elijah, who was calling down fire, intimidated him so bad that that he lost, he literally lost his mind. If you read 1 Kings 19, I mean you read that and it's in, in one sentence, you know, he's Elijah is saying, Um, you know how are we going to do this? Uh, None of the people believe I'm the only one left. Like he's out of his mind, right? How, how does that happen to a guy who just called down fire, a supernatural thing? Why? Because there was a principality, a supernatural response that came against him. Okay. And so he's shaken in his cave. He's, he's, he, he literally is in need of the Lord. Okay. And what gets him out? Verse, uh, verse eight, verse 12. We talked last time that the still small voice was heard in the heart of Elijah. What happened? Elijah was impregnated again. The sperma of the Lord birthed something in a very dark season, a very dark time. And somehow this sperma, one sperma, this one word from God literally strengthens Elijah so powerfully that he does a thing that he couldn't do before. Okay. I told you last time that I've heard preachers preach that that Elijah got, he got fired in the process of the cave season. But let me tell you this, that's a lie from the devil. Because only when you face something bigger than you in the current day will the Lord be able to speak something to you in the deepest darkness that will launch you into the next greatest anointing you will carry for the next season. Because when Elijah came out of the cave, he was instructed. I mean, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord knew what he did. The Lord wasn't even listening to Elijah. Elijah was still babbling in confusion when he came out of the cave. He heard God, but if you read it, he's still saying, No, I'm the, I'm the only one left. Oh my God, How, how's this ever gonna work, right? Um, Elisha comes out, he lays hands on two kings and on Jehu. And after, after all of that transpired in the instruction of God, He is then instructed to birth the school of the prophets. In a time where Jezebel still rules the nation, the Lord launched Elijah, who just came out of the cave shaking in fear, but heard one word from God, and some of you are catching something right now. Some of you are getting the revelation of why you're in the fight you're in, why you are being inundated by Um, this uh, this anointing, this demonic anointing of fear and intimidation and anxiety. Some of you are dealing with anxiety attacks that you haven't had to deal with for years. And I'm here to tell you that the evidence of your enemy is just evidence that the Lord's going to speak to you so profoundly in the coming days that you're going to be launched into a new thing with a new anointing that's going to release a supernatural power that you didn't have before. Amen. And I mean, my God, this gets me so excited because what the enemy meant to destroy you with, the Lord will use that situation to actually get you into a place to hear Him in a way that you've never heard him before. You see the natural the natural human tendency is that you're lazy that you try to find a routine, a pattern, even doing spiritual things, you try to find patterns and routines, and the Lord actually shifts your life by letting an enemy come to expose something and force you to actually hunt the Lord in a way you've never hunted him before. And out of those experiences, you pray like you've never heard, like you've never had to pray before. And so my encouragement to you is don't think of yourself as something wrong with you because you're feeling extreme anxiety and fear. Okay? I told you, and I've taught—I've taught you this, especially in the earlier sections of this wisdom-filled warrior series—that you are washed under the blood of Jesus. There is nothing wrong with you; that you are made clean, and the Father sees you as innocent his son and daughter, and you are not guilty, but you are actually free in the Holy Ghost. You're empowered in the Holy Ghost. You are actually given the keys to the kingdom in the Holy Ghost. You are given all authority because Christ was given all authority. And if you're in Christ, then you have all authority. Why? Because you sit at his table drinking his wine and eating his bread and hearing his word. And so the gift of tongues is a serious, 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 seriously important thing. Do not neglect the gift of tongues. Because in your darkest hour, when you don't know what to pray, when you have no idea what you should pray for, when you're shaking in fear, when you're trembling, when you're in another nation and you don't know why, suddenly something came into your room and you're trembling and you're shaking and you stop, drop and pray and you pray and you pray and you pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray in tongues till you hear his voice because he promised you, if you pray in my language, I will speak to you, right? I've taught you all that. Go back and listen to it again. It's extremely important in spiritual warfare and you growing into your next thing and and walking in your anointing because... Although you feel intimidation, you don't respond to intimidation. Your your heart actually is circumcised, knowing that the spirit of prophecy is with you. And if you pray in the Holy Ghost, suddenly you turn the tables on your enemy. You hear him. You rise up as the anointing in the room shifts because the Lord is speaking to you. And if he's speaking to you, he's present through you, right? And that demonic power, nothing can stop you. That's why I learned to pray like a like a madman, Like like I had to pray. I still have to pray. I pray and pray and pray because I hate the darkness. I hate my enemy. I hate what the enemy tries to do to me, and I hate what the enemy tries to do to you. And that's why I pray like I do, because there's an anointing I know that the Lord will release to break the yoke of darkness over the people that he sends me to. That's why I pray because I'm coming out of that cave to lay hands on kings. I'm coming out of that cave to lay hands on prophets. I'm coming out of that cave to lay hands on the army of God who's going to raise the dead, heal the sick and cast out devils and not look like the powerless americanized consumer driven church just going to hear a good articulate preacher. No, you, I'm going to lay hands on people who are going to hear God and rise up and be the army of God. Know that the Lord has a plan and a purpose for your life and when you hear him he's going to send you to the next city he's going to send you down the street he's going to send you to nations he's going to send you and do things because you know how to pray and you know how to release the presence of God the voice of God the sperma on earth Jezebel can't stop you you actually turn the table and hunt Jezebel oh my god are you with me I mean the power of the holy ghost if, you, if, you, if, if just one of you would just wrap your mind around the power of the Holy Ghost and the ability to pray in tongues, it would change your life. It would change your life. You wouldn't look at the stories I've told you and say, oh, my God, how can this guy pray three, four, five, six hours a day every day for a year? Suddenly there's something that rises up in you and says, if you can do it for him, you'll do it for me. And then you are gonna begin shifting your life because of the way you fervently hunt the Lord down in prayer. You see, there isn't a darkness dark enough. There isn't a darkness dark enough to intimidate a person who knows the Holy Ghost. Why? Because when you, when you look around you and darkness is all around you, you stop, drop, and pray in the Holy Ghost. And you pray and pray and pray until the voice of the Lord, the spirit of prophecy himself, comes flying out of heaven on that white horse with eyes burning like fire, and the whole army is behind him bringing reinforcements to your situation. Are you getting the picture? Are you getting the picture? And that's why Jesus said, Jesus said, um, he, he said in Matthew 11, we talked about this last time, um, that if you are willing to receive it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Did you get that, guys? Jesus equates receiving the spirit of Elijah with the ability to hear God, to hear the voice of God. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the voice of the Lord Is trying to give you. The Lord is literally saying to you. Will you receive Elijah? Because I have something to say to you, will you re, will you be the one that you stop, drop, and pray in the Holy Ghost in the darkest cave that you could that you could fathom? There's people right now that I'm talking to. I'm talking to your heart right now. You're in a dark place. You think you're never going to get out of that dark place. You think you're always going to be bound. You think that that uh, you're never going to achieve. You're never going to receive your destiny. That Jesus wouldn't have something great for you. Those are lies because the Lord is equipping you in the hearing of this, of this prophetic impartation. He's equipping you to not listen to the junk in your history and all that stuff that the world and, and satanic um, destiny wrote for you, but you're going you're gonna to hear the voice of the Lord in the darkest place. You're going to be anointed in power. You're going to come out of that cave, and you're going to begin doing supernatural things like you've never done before. Amen? That's the spirit of Elijah, the one who breaks out of the darkness. That's what Elijah is. That's what the true meaning of Elijah is, the one who has the testimony of Christ in the darkest of places. You hear the one who walks with you because he has circumcised you. He has baptized you. He has anointed you. He has equipped you to stand in the evil day and to having done all you stand. Amen. Are you with me? To be strengthened in the power of his might. And so ultimately, there's this man named Jehu, right? That was the guy that was anointed by Elijah, that the Lord said to to ultimately anoint that he would have a, 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 a calling, right? And the calling of Jehu was to kill Jezebel. Not tolerate Jezebel, right? Jesus said, "Do not tolerate that woman, Jezebel." He's talking to the church, guys. He's not talking to the sinners. He's talking to the quote-unquote church, the people that call themselves holy, the people that call themselves righteous. He's talking to you. He's talking to you. Do not tolerate her intimidation. Do not tolerate her fear. Do not tolerate how she uses the world to entice you, to seduce you, to use sorcery and witchcraft and all of the stuff that I taught you about before that has infiltrated the church and rendered it powerless. Do not tolerate it. Jesus is saying, I'm not only going to give you Elijah, I'm going to give you Jehu, the mantle that empowers eunuchs. Yeah, you think that's kind of funny, huh? It is kind of funny. But here's the deal. If you're powerless, there's a baptism coming upon you that's going to make you powerful. There is an anointing coming upon you that the Holy Ghost will come and baptize you in the Holy Ghost and power anoint you. And although you never reproduced before, you never prophesied before, you never cast out a devil before, you never prayed in tongues before, you never did anything supernatural before. But Jehu comes, right? In 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 Jehu, or I'm sorry, in Second Kings chapter nine, verse thirty, it says that Jehu came into the city, and the eunuchs, the very presence of Jehu, caused the eunuchs to grab Jezebel and throw her out of the window. That's what, that's what the, the Jehu anointing does. And I'm gonna tell you a couple stories here that'll blow your mind about eunuchs who are actually uh, powerless, who suddenly flipped the script, threw Jezebel out of their life and literally um, today are shaking up the world. But the reality is the Lord in this hour, you are being awakened to war. And there is a mantle. There is a there is an Elijah mantle, and there is a uh, to to come out of the darkness with a with an anointing because you heard the voice to do supernatural things. And there is a Jehu mantle that is literally being equipped upon people to walk into dead places. I can't tell you how many dead churches I walked into. Not one of them. Prayed in tongues. Not one of them had anybody who ever prophesied, cast out a devil, or did anything supernatural in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I walked out of the place, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, I've walked into I've walked into uh, crusades with three, four, five thousand people in India. Not one of them knowing Jesus. And when I left there at the altar, shaking in the presence of God, praying in tongues, praying in tongues devils being cast out everywhere, all kind of supernatural stuff. Why? Because that's part of the anointing. That's part of the package of the Holy Ghost. If you are willing to receive Elijah, if you are willing to receive Jehu and the power to overturn Jezebel, because you've decided in your heart, you're not going to tolerate being powerless. You're no longer going to be a eunuch, but you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit You're going to hear God come out of the darkness and do the supernatural power that God has anointed and called you to do. Amen? Amen. My God, I could preach all night. I'm I'm like so fired up right now, I can't even sit straight. But I want to tell you some stories that will invigorate you and um hopefully get you in a mindset that you should be expecting a lot the anointing of Elijah, the anointing of Jehu to come upon you to do this supernatural stuff. And I'll lead you through a prayer here in a minute, but I want to tell you some stories. Um the first time I went to India, the first time the Lord called me to India, there was this one particular pastor. Um when I landed in India uh by the End of the first day, this guy had—he took me to this little grass hut. I mean, he had lost everything; he had a church, Um, it it was taken away from him. And he begins to tell me the story that um, basically this this local group of thugs, these radical Hindus, um, literally came and uh, they walked into the church and intimidated everybody they they literally intimidated everybody um, they were afraid to meet uh, there's all this stuff where you know they couldn't meet um, there were people getting beat in the streets uh just you know terrifying stuff and I'm sitting there as he's telling me this in his in his you know two two room hut uh I'm like, what the heck did I get myself into? And um, he had arranged for several days to take me um, to churches and we were doing crusades at night. And um, on the fourth day that I was I was with him, um, the Lord woke me up early in the morning and the Lord began to speak to me these words. He says, today, I'm going to reveal to you the reason why I brought you here. And the reason why specifically I brought you here to work with this particular man. And I'm telling you this because if you don't think the Lord's personal, that he doesn't know you, that he doesn't know the issues you're dealing with. He doesn't know every circumstance and every problem you're facing. Then you don't know how much he loves you and the reality that he sees all. He knows all. okay, and that he's there. He is present. okay, and so as the Lord is telling me this. I literally, I just felt this oil on top of my head and I can't explain it, but I knew something so supernatural was going to happen that day. I can't explain it to you other than the fact that I could feel the Lord's heart for this man and, and this particular church. Um, and so this guy picks me up this in the morning. He says, I'm going to take you to the place where, uh, it used to be my church. He goes, and we've invited some people, but I don't know how many is going to make it. And, um, you know, he starts to tell me this, you know, he's telling me further about the story of how these radical Hindus literally hunted everybody in his church and intimidated them from coming. And he goes, we've tried to tell people that you're going to be here and you're coming to what used to be my church. Um, But he goes the locals, everybody, they come in and out of the building, they call the church and they use it for other things. And, um, he goes, I don't know what's going to happen, but I mean, think about it, guys, we're going into war. We're going into battle. I don't know. He doesn't know that the Lord woke me up and specifically started to tell me why he was, he took me here to specifically work with this particular pastor. But anyway, we, we, Pull up to the to the place where his church was. We're in there. They're trying to pull some instruments and different things together. They start playing music. Well, when they start playing music, you could hear it out in the village, and people the 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 people who were coming to his church, the small number of Christians in this village, and you know for the most part, Christians are outcasts in India. Okay, they get treated very bad um, and and intimidated um and so when they start when they heard the music people started literally coming in off the streets the people that that were part of his church and so we get in there we've got 60 70 people um inside of this of this building and I started to preach and minister, and I started to prophesy over people. And when I started to prophesy over people, um, you know, a girl, I prophesy over a girl, she falls, she's laying on the ground, she's shaking and trembling. I prophesy over the next person, they fall, they're trembling, and they're shaking. Um, when I got to, I turned around to, my, to the pastor that I was working with. He was interpreting for me. And when I looked at him, the Lord gave me a vision for him. And I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but it was about the Lord restoring him today, not tomorrow, not next week. It wasn't a prophecy for down the road. It was a Jehu, you are being restored today, anointing. And I, uh, when I was finished, I poured oil on this guy's head. He falls to the ground. He's on the ground. He's shaking. He's trembling in the presence of God. And the prophecy was that everything that, that the enemy stole from you would be returned, right? It would be returned sevenfold. Joel 2.25, it would be restored to you sevenfold okay, and so so I turn to the people and I start prophesying, and all I can tell you is the presence of the Lord became so strong in that room. people are I mean the whole room falls out in the presence of the God, they're shaking and they're trembling, okay, and there's a guy that we posted at one of the doors um that was the he was watching out in the street because. He was watching to see if the Hindu, the radical Hindus, were going to come in with their clubs and do what they do to intimidate the people. And at this time, I'm prophesying, and I, I'm standing in the doorway, and I begin prophesying out in the street about the restoration um, on this house and what was going to happen. And all I can explain to you is um, one by one, these radical Hindus would walk over and look into and see what was going on in the room. And when they would cross into the threshold of the door, they would literally fall down on their face. The, there was like a glory. It was, it was a supernatural glory. These, these radical Hindus would fall down on their face. And when they would get up, their eyes, they looked like deer in the headlights. They were in shock. They were under the power of the Holy Ghost. And I I can't, I'm not going to rattle off numbers or anything, but there were radical Hindus who weeks prior were beating Christians in the street who walked in like, it it was like they were in a trance. They came across the road into the threshold, fell face down when when they got inside the door, and when they got up, they started, they started to say, I believe Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ. I believe Jesus Christ. It was supernatural. It's a, it's an, a, it was an anointing that is actually supernatural. The sperma of the Lord, as I was speaking and doing what the Lord was telling me to do, it wasn't just normal prophecy. It wasn't just people just, you know, receiving prophecy. It was the Lord restoring a man. And restoring the fact that Christians are not afraid of the enemy. The enemy, guess what happened? As those radical Hindus and the groups that they led, as as their leaders were coming through the, the door and falling down and getting up, claiming Jesus Christ, guess what happened? The word spread, the supernatural, literally this the place was being like day after day. They're telling me stories day after day, people giving their lives to Jesus Christ. OK, that's sperma, guys. That is that's the evidence of covenant. That's testimony. I can't do that. There's no way I do that. That's Jesus Christ. It's the presence of Jesus. All I do is pray and hear and do pray and hear and and do. Okay? That's the the lesson of the cave. That's the lesson of the cave. You see, a lot of you are in a circumstance where you're learning in the midst of being in a dark, dark place. All I can tell you is stop, drop, and pray. Stop, drop, and pray. But those of you who are teachable, those of you who um, can learn today the importance of prayer, that you stop, you pray, you hear, and you do, the quicker. That you grasp onto that and fall in love with hearing the voice of the Lord that his sperma would impregnate you to impregnate others, the quicker you learn to live a lifestyle of of living in a cave thats I mean the cave is is a symbol of your prayer life. you go into a dark in into the darkness of your morning prayer and you hear the voice of God, amen. And so I'm just trying to I'm just trying to encourage you guys because the quicker you learn to pray and rely and trust in the Holy Ghost, the quicker you step into your destiny and calling. And all these stories that I tell you guys that are supernatural, they don't just happen to me. You should begin expecting and asking the Lord, see if I'm if I'm listening to this. This is the way I when I 15 years ago when I used to hear the prophet stories when um when he would come to our church and I would hear him these tell these kind of stories, I would pray and say, Lord, if you will do it for him, you'll do it for me. I want that. I want to go to the nations. I want to go to city after city. I want to lay hands on the sick, see him recover. I want to prophesy. That's what I want. You know what? The Lord does not hold back. He will give you what you ask for. Amen? And so, um, there's a story. Uh, this is one of my absolute favorite stories. Um, 2018, um, I went into this church in Arkansas, and I'm ministering. Um, I think it was the maybe the first or second night I was there. I'm prophesying over people, and I hear this weeping in the back row, and um, there's this uh, lady in her mid-20s, and um, as I'm it was like when I put my, when I put my eyes on her, um, the Lord immediately gave me a vision of a man in a prison cell. And what I saw was Jesus walking up to the prison cell, opening the prison cell and giving this man a new opportunity in life. He clothed them. He put up, he put uh, fresh clothes on him and he he handed him an assignment. (laughs) And so I walked back to the girl. Okay. I walk, I'm walking toward now picture this. I'm walking toward a girl in the back row, weeping and sobbing so profoundly that like she's, she's crying so hard that the whole church can hear. Okay. And as I'm walking toward her, I'm seeing a man in a jail cell being set free and given an assignment. So I walk back, I asked her, I said, who's the man in the jail cell? And she stood up and she screamed and she's ah my god and she goes that's my boyfriend and I mean he's sentenced to like twenty years my something like twenty years it might as well be life right he's in there for decades and he's locked up his life's over her life's over everything's done and I looked at her and I says Jesus is not done with this. it was eventually her husband. I said, Jesus is not done with him. He's going to miraculously be let out of jail. And the power of God's going to come on him so profoundly that he's, he's literally um, going to do the supernatural. There's a supernatural assignment that the Lord is releasing your husband for. Guess what? Three months later, I'm back at this church. You know, were equipping. I mean, this church is learning to prophesy. This church is their full on Holy Ghost, Right. So um, I'm i go in and I'm I'm preaching this on, on the first night back, I think it was uh, I think it was November December of 2018. I walk in, I'm preaching um, and I look in the back row and I see the girl and I see this big dude. I'm talking he's a he's a big dude man. He's like he's like six, six, three, six, four, 270, 280 pounds. Just a big dude, and I walk back. And I said, Are you, were you the prisoner? And dude, he stepped out in the aisle. He put his hands up in the air and he says, I'm a believer. He goes, I wasn't. He goes, I ran for years and decades. I ran. I didn't believe it. But because you told my wife and because somehow miraculously they came and opened his jail cell and said, we're dropping all the charges. We're letting you out. He goes, I believe And he put his hands up in the air and he says, I want the Holy Ghost. He goes, whatever you got, I want that Holy Ghost. And I laid my hand on him, dude, it was like a lightning bolt hit him. And boom, he flies backward across across the floor. He gets up praying in tongues. He's shaking, he's weeping. The whole church is like messed up. The whole church is messed up because they knew his story. They knew how bad of a guy he was. And somehow Jesus Christ has a plan for his life. Guess what, guys? Guess what? He just mess- He just messaged me um, two days ago. And he says, guess what? He not only are we doing everything here at the church, and I mean, he, the Lord set him on fire. He was in charge of the youth. He was in charge of the men's group. Um, he's casting out devils. He's, he's, he's prophesying. He's doing all this supernatural stuff. He messaged me two, year, two days ago, and he says, guess what? I'm still doing that at the church, but I'm also uh, a pastor at such and such Baptist church down the street, and... We're teaching them about the Holy Ghost. We're going to get them all baptized. And I'm like, you go, dude. Amen. How? I mean, come on, guys. I don't care how how demoralized, how how much you think it's impossible. There is nothing impossible. Impossible. There is nothing impossible. You see, for a religious guy, for a religious organization that has no supernatural sperma, no supernatural visions and dreams of the Lord that are releasing, have the ability to impregnate a situation. You see, when the Lord gave me the vision, I had to impregnate the whole situation. I had to speak into the darkest place of this girl's life into her future husband's life. His name's Lance. I had to speak into his life. And I said, although you are in a prison, the, the Lord has a plan for you and he's pulling you out. He's going to anoint you, equip you. You're going to do the supernatural. You are going to be a testimony of Jesus Christ. I had to release the sperma of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, if you have that, there's nothing impossible, okay? Nothing is impossible, Absolutely nothing's impossible. If you hear the stories I tell you, I mean you've got to have the revelation by now. Nothing is impossible for Jesus Christ. The question is: do you have the real one? Do you know about him or do you walk with the real one? Do you walk with the real one? You see, I've been telling you guys these, these stories, and I'm 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 like, I'm practically begging you to message me and call me, okay? And there's people, I mean, I'm just, I'm amazed the number of people who are calling me. I mean, Davenport, Iowa, Omaha, Nebraska, Kansas City, Rochester, New York, um, Chico, California, Houston, Texas. I mean, the list goes on just place after place after place who's calling me. I'm going there, I'm laying hands on people and people who never had visions and dreams and prophesied or prayed in tongues, suddenly whole rooms of people, literally churches are being transformed overnight in the power of the Holy Ghost, fully equipped by the Holy Spirit to do the supernatural of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you one more story and then we're gonna pray. Um, I met this couple, their name's John and Shelly. Um, they actually drove six hours to a meeting I was at in Reston Virginia, okay They got set on fire, they got baptized in the Holy Ghost like a new baptism i 'm talking like years ago they 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 had a baptism, but they didn't function fully routinely in the supernatural, and so they were at this meeting, they got baptized in the supernatural. They started talking to me in the weeks after. They're having visions. They they had deliverance when I was there. We're casting devils out. We're doing all this stuff, and they could literally begin to have this fluent ability to prophesy. Imagine that. I'm telling you, everywhere I go, this is this is the story. This is the story. They call me. They said, "Hey, we think that we're supposed to do something here in Rochester, New York." we're supposed to um have such and such meetings and the next thing you know they have this 6-day or this uh 6 meeting event over 4 days and we've got hundreds of people baptized in the holy ghost we've got all this supernatural stuff happen because of a couple one couple who says i want what you have i want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this unique anointing, this Elijah anointing, this Jehu anointing—that that, that i am equipped to see the vision of the Lord, to hear His voice so profoundly—and I come out laying hands on kings. I come out laying hands on prophets. I come out awakening the army of the God and do, of God and doing the supernatural that Jesus Christ said would be evidence of those who testify of Him. Okay. He's doing it for people. The question is, do you want it? Amen. Do you want it? So we, you know, we can we can go a lot deeper, obviously, if I'm present with you. But here's the deal: I just want to lead you through a prayer. Okay, just just you know, wherever you're at, just stop and just say this with me. Say, Father, in the in the name of Jesus, I ask Lord that you would speak into my darkness, speak to my limitation. Speak to my inability. Speak to my fear. Let me hear your voice in ways I've never heard before. Let me hear the thunder and lightning of your voice coming out of heaven. Lord, have an impact. Be the the sperma that transforms my heart into a new living thing. That anoints me in the Holy Ghost in power in a new way. Equip me, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, to come out of every place of limitation, to come out of the cave, to come out of darkness. Lord, equip me. Lord, eradicate the eunuch in me. Eradicate, Lord, this inability to reproduce. Lord, I pray that you would circumcise my heart in a profound way, that I would hear you describe my destiny. Give me dreams and visions of my destiny. Give me dreams and visions of my purpose, of my calling. Give me dreams and visions on how to lead, how to make money, how to restore my family, how to embody the fullness of Jesus Christ. Give me vision. Lord, I pray that just as you touched Jeremiah and you said that you will take up that you will uproot demonic kingdoms, that you will tear down demonic structures and build and plant the kingdom of heaven. I ask for that right now, Lord, that by your vision and dream, that you would root out and tear down the lies and the, the demo, that the demonic powers have released upon me like Jezebel did to Elijah. And I ask you now in the name of Jesus, <laughs> that just as Elijah heard your voice, that brought him out of the cave, releasing the supernatural, anointing kings and anointing prophets, and are awakening the army of the of the Lord, awakening Jehu to walk into the city and even empower the eunuchs to throw Jezebel down. Lord, give me that anointing that the people around me would be equipped not to tolerate Jezebel, that they would be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, and that the supernatural power of the promise of Jesus, the the voice of Jesus, the true representation of the kingdom of God would work through me. Lord, I repent in every way that I've misrepresented you, that I've represented you powerless, Because you're not powerless. You are the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You dominate the garden. You dominate the universe. You are the one who dominates. Lord, give me the mindset, the ability, and the anointing to dominate my workplace, dominate my home, dominate my church, dominate every place that you send me, Lord, in love to release the kingdom of heaven on earth to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, preach, teach, and prophesy, and use every gift of the Holy Ghost. I ask for that right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I ask for it right now. Baptize me. Baptize me. Fill me, Holy Ghost, with the gift of tongues that I may prophesy in the name of Jesus. All right, guys. It's been awesome. It's been real. Pray like you know your life depends on it. Pray like you know your children's life depends on it. Pray, pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Looking forward to continuing to get emails from you guys and get things arranged so that we can come awaken the army around America. That this thing that we're in, this this these doldrums and these this uh, this rising up of the of these the socialistic communistic forces that are taking advantage of your freedom and your children's future lord i pray i pray that you would awaken your soldiers your warriors your prayer warriors lord who will release the fire of god throughout america again in the name of jesus all right guys if i don't stop now i'll just i'll keep going all night Amen. All right guys, have a great week. Pray in the Holy Ghost and I'll I'll see you next week. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.